Welcome to the Ignition Podcast. I started my journey being obsessed with how things work, and the cars were just the next progression. Because of the career advice I was given, and the lack of knowledge about the automotive and motorsport sectors in schools, I created this podcast to speak to the people living lives I wish I had known about earlier. And through that curious nature, I will discover how they got to where they are today and what it takes. And today's guest is Ed from B Road Hunting Club, one of the UK's best car communities settled in the southeast. Ed and Rog, after a long period of wondering if they could ever do it, have finally made their dream come true. So I'm following that journey and learning how they're doing it with you. Today's podcast is all about risk, the risk we face and how we deal with it. But there's something exciting about risk, right? You know what's that old saying, do something every day that scares you? Yeah. Like, you only get one shot at this, so don't ever be told you can't do it. We were getting to almost 12 months of not finding something, and then there was the conversation, well, look, if we can't find anything by 12 months, how much longer can we do this? Well, forget what if and try because it'll either happen or it won't happen, but you'll always, if you don't do it, you'll always have a what if. Hopeful, but confident that when we build it, they will come. Ed, what has changed since we've been, because I've come from the car park and it looks completely different, so, <laughs> so let, let, us, let us know what's, what's happened since. Well, yeah, welcome back. Pleasure. Now, has it been three, maybe four weeks since? Yeah. Because of... And we'll come on to that and the reasons why this was delayed a week, right? But, um, yeah, no, so a lot has changed. So um, I think you came, what was it, originally, I think I was looking back maybe two or three days after we'd got the keys. Yeah. Um, obviously, you'll be able to share some of the changes with um, your viewers. But, yeah, basically, we've, um, the garden, I would say, is 85 90% done. So the garden's now been landscaped. Um, all of the um, obstacles have been removed. Yeah. Backfilled with soil, obviously seeded with grass. So we're we're trying to see if that obviously if that work. If that doesn't work, we've got to look at obviously turfing it. But um, all the bushes are cut. The grass has been cut once, and it's due to be cut again this week to mm. sort of see where we're really at. Uh, we've installed uh, walls, we've uh, installed more concrete pads um, and done that. Uh, the coffee bar and pizza hut, obviously everyone would have seen on our YouTube, uh, on our Instagram, mm. but we've uh, reinstated Monty yep. uh, on the side of the pizza hut wall. So that was a big milestone, you know, he'd been down for almost a year. Uh, so he's gone back up, which is good, um, and that area really is pretty much done. We've had a test run of uh, wood fire pizzas, and obviously we're, you know, we've had our um, coffee machine up and running and yeah. servicing the the work fleet or workforce, as it's called. Um, and then inside the pub, uh, now the kitchen has been gutted, the floors come up, all the walls have now been. Um, white rocked ready for and then we we're just waiting for some stainless steel and then we and the well, so you've been in today where the guys yeah. have uh, latex the floor in the kitchen so that's got a set he's just told me he's coming back next week to lay the floor in the kitchen so by next week the kitchen will be in pretty much uh, again 80 80 percent done mm. the pub area all of the Basically, all of the old floor, which wasn't a job that we anticipated when we took that up, was an absolute nightmare. 
Um, so last week you were due to come. Obviously, we delayed it because we had to lay a concrete. The extent of the damage, wasn't it? Yeah, there was just a lot of a lot. It went a lot further than we initially thought. So we took the fl- the, the old laminate floor up, only to find that somebody put like a pond liner and just basically covered over what was a wet, rotten floor. So yeah, we took up the wet, rotten floor. Um, obviously, burnt it, got rid of it. But then we've had to obviously infill that now with a concrete or like a a scree flooring, and then the guys have been in today or yesterday and today. Um, putting like a self-leveling latex on it. Yeah. Um, so that's been done. So um, so that's all now done. Uh, we can't walk on that now for about 24 hours. So he's saying that he should be back next week, hopefully, to start laying down the floor. But all the walls are painted, I'd say, again, you know, 85%. I guess that's the theme. We are probably 85%. Almost there. Closer <laughs> to our goal. However, at every turn, there has been an issue, right? Yeah. Some small, some slightly bigger. But, you know, Rog and I spoke, and I know Rog, unfortunately, as you are aware, you've met him today and then he's got called away. Um, it's better to find the problems now than open and then find that there's a problem and mm. then have to revisit it. So it may delay the start, but I'd sooner have a delay now than open and get traction and have to shut to fix problems. So um, that's sort of how we're approaching it now. Yeah, I mean, it all kinds of piles into this thing, which this episode's about is risk. I mean, buying this building in the first place, going on this whole venture is yeah. a risk. And so all these little things are all bundled up in not knowing what is happening Like when you take the cover off, when you take the floor off. Yeah, I think, like I said, like, like I said right, risk is something that you, you can aim off for, um, you can see, or you have, to, you have to be prepared for, right? But there are, there are those risks that, or there are those circumstances that you don't see coming. Like we did, we knew taking up the floor was a risk, yeah. <clears throat> um, because we didn't know what was underneath it, right? However, we were like, well, we need to take it up, and if we take it up and it's good, great. If it's yeah. not, well, then we have to fix it, um, and that's what we've had to do. <laughs> Much- <laughs> had to fix what was left. Well, I think, and there are. This has been said now a couple of times, people that have known this pub that have come in, so we've had contractors or um, breweries that have come in that have known, like I've known this pub much longer than us and some of the locals, you know, we, we welcome the fact that the locals are coming in. It's not, you know, some would some could say that they're being nosy yeah, and, you know, maybe they are, but they are genuinely interested in what's going on, right? So... Some of them have come and said, oh, it's so nice that the pub is being reinstated and it's staying, but it's also nice to see that somebody's doing it properly. Yeah. Whereas from their perspective, and you know, I have an opinion on this as well, that maybe it hasn't been done properly before and people have papered over the cracks and, you know, yeah. but you can only paper over the cracks so long and at some point somebody's got to, you know, tear it, all up. tear it all up and start again. And you know, right, rightly or wrongly, um, that's what we're doing. Mm. I'd say rightly, that's what we need to do, because we, 
we pride ourselves on doing things correctly and doing it properly. And I yeah. think that's been re- we've said that many times in the podcast before. We've had conversations. If you're going to do something, do it properly. Don't you know? Don't half-ass it. Yeah. Um. So that's what we're doing. So, but that has a knock-on effect. So that is the risk. Is we will be slightly longer in opening. The risk to that is we won't make any money. All we'll do is spend money before we make money. Yeah. Um. And the more money we spend, the more we've got. To, <laughs> more the more we've got. To, the more we've got to try and recoup. Right. It's yeah. not an ever. It's not a. It's not a refilling pot of money. There's a. There is a, an amount of money, and when it's gone, we've got to fill it. Yeah. However, we also can't open a pub half arsed. No, yes, you don't want to open a pub half arsed because, like you said, this is the first of your clubs. This is the first of the places. Now, I think you we said open. it before. Um, we only get one opportunity to make a first impression, right? Mm. And that's the same. That's that. That's through life. If we don't make the right impression. The first time somebody comes here, we've lost them. So for us, and for me personally, it's far more important that we make that first impression yeah. count. Make the first impression count, people come back here all the time. Because are you scared that people come here? And if you've not done enough, are you scared about that? Or are you scared that, I don't know, that if people come, that they see they see the imperfections, but you, you said you don't, you don't want imperfections to be there, though, so... I'm not scared apprehensive is probably a better word yep. that people will come here and won't get our concept I'm fully committed and confident in our concept and it will work and it yep. and we will achieve the aim that we want because we're both Rog I are driven to make that happen right mm. we but we're both very different and it you know again it is a shame that Rog isn't here but Rog's focus is very much on what in regards is B Roads, you know, USP for want of a better word, that yeah. we were a place that you could go and be welcomed in whatever you drove and park in a nice area mm. and talk to like minded people, right? And get a really nice, really nice food and drinks, right? Of course. What we've done is we've added to that. Because that, in essence, as you've seen, is very much outside. It's like the garden, the the pizza or Monty's bar, as it's you know going to be called. Yeah. But we've added to that with the pub. So we've now got a commercial kitchen with a sixty to seventy cover restaurant serving you know alcohol, um, and you know in some respects um, a finer food offering. Yeah. You know seated restaurant. You know, not just catering for petrol heads, we're now catering for foodies. We've got, you know, I've spoke to all the breweries and we've got different, you know, beers and such like coming on. So that's a different, you know, so those people are the ones I'm apprehensive about. I'm not apprehensive about the B Road Hunting Club yep. followers and members, right? They will come here and I don't doubt for a minute that they will love it. They will love what we've done. They will love the concept. I'm apprehensive about the people that don't understand B Road yet or have never visited B Road and will walk into this pub for the first time and see it done really well, but be like, What why has it got exhaust hanging from the wall? Why has it got why is then you know, it's gonna be very motorsport, petrol headed you don't want that's a key. I don't there's a, probably a better word for petrol head, right? Or the, the, the enthusiast car enthusiast. In, car enthusiast pub, right? Polite, Thank yeah. you very much. Um <laughs> 
that's how it's going to be, right? But yeah. it's no different to a sports bar. If you go in a sports bar and it's full of sports memorabilia, this is basically the same. It's just car related, right? It's a different community, isn't it? It is a different community, but that's what I'm saying. That's the bit I'm apprehensive by. If you're driving past here and you think it's a nice country pub and you pull in and you're like, oh, it's really busy. It's got some really nice cars in here. And then you walk in and you're like, oh, it's all cars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's that's the theme. That's the... So, yeah, but appreh- <laughs> apprehensive but equally excited because that means that those people, they're the people that we need to make like what we do. Yeah. If we can make those people like what we do, then we've done the right thing. So, so the apprehension can turn to, you know, I guess, uh, what's the word? Excitement that it's been done correctly, right? And it it cements your, which is very apt given what we've done this week to the floors. Can't get the word out of my mouth, but um, yeah. It, it basically solidifies what you've done, what we've done, and the reasons we've done it. Um, yeah. But it is a risk, and you're right. And I know this is about risk, right? So, well, I mean, it's not all about risk. We don't have to keep repeating the word risk. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, talk, building a foundation. But your foundation with risk must have started on earlier in your life. And so, I'm interested in what your relationship with risk has been like, because I know for people that know you, veteran in the army, that's a huge risk. So, do you reckon your perspective is slightly? tinted because you've been on tours you've been in war-torn countries so your risk perspective is slightly different too perhaps yeah i mean it it, right it's really hard right there there is a there is a risk to everything we do right i would say that within the job that i did within within the army um i was probably in a a safer place than most yeah um but there's still a risk right there's you know i think back to you know, other times, you know, troubled times in Northern Ireland when I was out there, there, there was risk then, right? There's been, you know, it's well documented of, you know, veterans and, you know, um, dare I say it, soldiers being attacked in London, right? Mm. Um, when we refer to, you know, sort of Lee Rigby and what happened to him, you know, awful, but there is a risk to the job that you do regardless of the job that you do if that makes sense yeah however you can't you can't go um you cannot go through life worrying what if like what if is may never happen Mm. so don't worry about what if you need to focus on what is happening so in that sense i'm would say that i'm very in some respects blase to risk right because you, I can only influence what affects me at the time. I can't worry about what's not affecting me. Yeah. Um, so therefore, I don't worry about it. If I run out of money next week and we can't finish the pub, well, I'll worry about it when we've run out of money and we can't finish the pub. I'm not going to worry about it before it's happened because you would never focus on anything properly. That. Yeah, it makes sense. There's a stoic value, which is like just worry about what you can worry about because you can't control anything else. No, you, you absolutely cannot. Like, I could drive home, you know, you could drive home today and fucking hit another car, but, yeah. like, you you can't worry that that's what... Because if that was the case, you'd never go out, right? And there are, and I appreciate there are people that worry about risk, but, you know, and there is a certain amount, I would say... There's a certain amount to be said about worrying, there's, like, worrying a little bit, right? Mm. But you... 
we are very open and honest and we again we've mentioned that Rog and I talk about um, and and Mark when we have our yeah. directors meeting we talk about risk we understand you know like I say doing it properly that delays the opening which in turn delays money coming into the company etc etc right so we talk about the risk and we're all open and honest about that risk so we know that is a real possibility mm. it's all about management of risk right there will come a point where you're like, right, we can't manage this anymore. We have to do something about it. And that's what, I guess that's what, it's hard to put into words, but that's almost what I'm trying to say is I don't, personally, I don't worry about risk. I like to be out of control. I can control in that given moment. Yeah, it's all about your actions and how you react to things as well. Yeah, but, you know, I'm very, and I'm very different to other family members of mine in many ways but risk is one of them right i do not worry about um no yeah i was gonna yeah very much i guess that's i don't worry about the minutiae of stuff i don't i don't go too far in depth with the minutiae stuff i'm like i've got an idea i want to do this this is what i'm gonna do very apt after Monday, but the problems will fall out of what I want to do and how yeah. I want to get there. I can't think about all I because you'd never do anything. You would never like genuinely. You wouldn't do it if I thought there was to. There was no way five years ago sitting in my garden shed. If I was risk averse, I'd be sitting in a pub. No, you'd still be sitting happen. in the shed. I'd still be sitting in the shed, doing what I was doing in the shed. I wouldn't be. But there's something exciting about risk, mm. right? You know, what's that old saying? Do something every day that scares you. Yeah. You know, but it doesn't have to be, I don't know, bungee jumping off a bridge or skydiving, but something you can't control, that you, it, in reality, can't control, right? Yeah, so I, I, I'm just interested in where you've learned this, because this isn't, I maybe, maybe it's something with your upbringing that you, you've... This is so. Where does this come from, though? Because that's the bit I'm interested in for people listening. Is because for me, when I was 18, looking back, I couldn't speak in front of people. This would terrify me. So that's the level of risk I was at 18 was was public speaking. So I mean, and you going out and so that's what I'm interested in is how you've learned all this stuff. Like, don't worry about the small what, stuff. Like a, co- like a coping mechanism or coping mechanism. I think yeah. it's you. Like you've got to be comf- confident in your own skin, right? Like yeah. I'm my my time in the forces my you know people I've worked with people I've worked under people that have mentored me all of that right they've created and I like and for me the armed surfaces is a massive part of what I did right yeah and and the reason I am who I am because you have to roll with the punches right you have to have to put yourself out there you cannot just cruise through life and i think i listened to somebody the other day that you can't be a passenger you've got to you know i can't, was, um, can't remember it was from forge forge oh, motorsport. peter, peter yeah. from forge motorsport right and it really resonated me with me when we were to, when he was talking about you cannot be a passenger you've got to you know, don't if you're a passenger, get off the bus, right? Yeah, was yeah, I think was his analogy. If you're not a, on the bus, get off. If you're not yeah, on the bus, get off the bus. Which was a great analogy, and I'm not. I don't want to nick. I don't want to nick what he said, but it's very. It, it's very apt for. 
I guess the armed forces and what we do and, you know, the integrity and, you know, um, selfless commitment and all of that, right, is but equally you are put in a, you are put into positions where some people aren't that you really understand what you are capable of or what you're made of yeah. and how you deal with that will make you a all-rounded person some of it's done in training when you're in the armed forces and some of it's not some of it's done on tour in you know war-torn countries etc but you are put in a position where you have to you have to get on with it yeah right you know like i'm i i finished my career as a warrant officer right so that's all about leading by example um so you lead by example and you know and i'm a great believer in don't don't do anything you wouldn't be prepared to do yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. Then people will follow you, right? Um, and that's all part of the makeup of who who I am, where I've come from, etc. So, but I equally because of where I've been and because of what I've seen, life we're only here. Like you only get one shot at this. So, if you're gonna do it. Do it how you want to do it and do it right. Don't ever be, you know, again, don't ever be told you can't do it. Mm. Just do it. And um, yeah, and when you say it like that, I guess it makes putting building up hub or building your own business quite easy, quite straightforward. Yeah. Because you know what you want and you know how you're going to get it. Yeah, you know, ha, you know, Roger and I and uh, Mark have a vision, right? We are all very much in, we all agree on that vision. Yeah. So that was, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it. We just need to follow that through, right? But I, that's not for the podcast. That's a closed conversation. Exactly, us three know exactly where we're going, and each one of us pulls the other one when we start going a little bit astray. Because yeah. the vision is, you have to stick to the vision, right? In that vision, there is a certain amount of risk. And there is risk, but there's risk in every. You know, we've just said there's risk in everything we do. Um, Roger, I say, I would say, in some respects, is a little bit his makeup's a little bit different to mine. Yeah. But equally, I would say he's not risk averse. But that's something that I find quite interesting is the fact that he was a professional sportsman at one point, so maybe a slightly different discipline. And if he was here, I'd have the conversation with him. No, absolutely, why, and I think he would probably have a very similar outlook to me on the the risk and yeah. what made him the way he is. But that's why we are so in tune together, right? We come from th completely different backgrounds, but are very much mm. in sync in the sense that we we know what we want to do. You know, there was a... I don't want to go, I guess, too deep into it, but there have been conversations. Was If we hadn't found this pub, was B-Road... You know, was that the end of B-Road? Yeah. And, you know, and it, Genuinely, it probably was. If we hadn't found a new location, there would have been a Rog and I had had the conversation that that was it. That, yeah. that, you know, because you can, again, you can only, you know, we closed in April last year. The risk when we closed was, will we find somewhere? So that is a risk, right? Yeah. We closed everything down because we were single minded on a vision. We wanted our own space. We were getting to almost 12 months of not finding something. Sure. And then there was the conversation, well, look, if we can't find anything by 12 months, how much longer can we do this? Mm. You know, sort of, you know, not put, not do a car event, not do, 
you know, we were all equally, we were also getting on with other areas of our lives. You know, I went back to work, Rog was doing other things, right? We were, <sighs> so that was a risk, right? Yeah. In, in that sense, shut however, down, yeah, it'd like shut down, you know, but we went into it with our eyes wide open, look, and then there was a conversation that we can't come back unless it's the right thing. Yeah. You know, we want to go backwards or sideways, we want to move B road forward. Mm. And that was why I suppose we well, luckily we found this pub, right? And that's why we've done what we've done with it, because this is a massive leap forward. Massive leap forward. And also you've when did the conversation with you and Roger come about going, right, we, we need money or we need something to push it forward. Yeah, yeah. Um you need to like if you're building a dream you need money, right? Um and Rog and I, quite, and I, we've put a significant amount of money in each. Yeah. Um, we've borrowed um, money um, from, your, you know, uh, banks and stuff like that, right? Um, but that's a risk, right? Because you've got to pay that back. Yeah, um, it's not. And I guess that's no different to, you know, I guess where we're at now, where, you know, we... We have somebody that's willing to invest in B Road, um, but that is a risk because that's also got to be paid back. Yeah, it ain't free. No, exactly. <laughs> it's also the fact you've got to manage that risk as well, and not just. Yeah, you do, mate. One hundred percent. You've got to manage a risk, but again, I am so confident in our ability yeah. to achieve what our vision is that does not worry me because if it did i wouldn't be sitting here now i had we had that conversation rog and i do we want to do we want to continue do we is this the right thing to do you know knowing what you'd have to do to make it happen yeah yeah and that and but that was a and again, it goes back to, you know, what I've just said just recently, you are either, you roll the dice or you don't. But that's the same as, you know, like, if you go to Las Vegas and you put £100,000 on red and you roll the dice, if you can afford to lose £100,000 at the roll of a dice, fair play. Yeah. I mean... Hopefully soon. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe if your podcast we're, takes off. Yeah, right, there we and, go. And we're doing all right. I mean, I'll let you know because I'm hopefully going there later this year, but I certainly won't be putting that much money down. Um, maybe 50 quid. 50 quid. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably afford 50 quid. I'm not a, I'm not a baller yet. There we go. Um, but no, I, mate, look, this is um, like, it's a really difficult thing, right? It's really, it is a really personal subject. And I, and I, you know, I feel like as I'm talking, people will be like, oh, the fuck's he know about, you know, um, because every everybody's problems or worries are different to mine. Yeah. I don't worry about anything. And I would say, rightly or wrongly, that's either my best trait or my worst trait. And I, like, and I talk to people in my family and, you know, my wife would say that it's probably... A strength, but equally a weakness, right? Because I don't worry about anything. But like, they say your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. Yeah, whether I, you look at it like that or not. Right. Yeah, and maybe it is. I like. I'm too. I'd argue I'm too busy to be worrying about. You know. Um. But yeah, I just I can't. 
I've seen the very best and the very worst in human beings, right? Yeah. We are very privileged to be living in this country. And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but when you've seen that, the rest is irrelevant. Well, it's like I remind remind myself of is that I was lucky enough to be born where I was, with who I was, and I'm lucky enough to have the family I have. And that's something that gratitude is a massive thing for me. Yeah. And like just just knowing that I could end up in the middle of Antarctica, I could have been I could have been born there, but I wasn't. And so, I mean that we can that's like destiny and whatever and fate and that sort of stuff. No, that's a different, no, it is different kind of fish. But it, it is. But equally, you then need to grab that opportunity with both hands and exactly. run with it, right? Yeah. But only you could do that. Yeah, no one else, no one else is going to do it for me. No, no, and you can't. You know, you can't, you can't sit and think. Or what if? You know. Um, if I, I mean, I, I don't know whether that you know you're, you're, a, in some respects, a prime example, right? Um, of you know what you want, like you are, you are, you have a vision for Ignition Podcast, right? And this isn't a podcast about you, but I'm going to turn it on you for a minute. Okay. Right. So this is a you know what you want, right? Yeah. There's no plan B. No, and you have single-mindedly gone after that because you know what you want. So you, more than anybody currently in this room, because there's only me and you, will equally understand risk, right? Mm. There is The risk for what you do is no different to the risk of what I do. I just have, unfortunately, got a bigger pot of money. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's something that I've not mentioned to anyone, is that I, I act, it's, it's one of those things where I wake up every morning going, how can I get to the next place I'm going? But it's excitement. It's not worry, like you said. Like I know that what I'm doing will pay off in the future. Therefore, what I'm doing now means nothing. Well, it doesn't mean nothing, but it's it pales in comparison to what I would be able to achieve in the future. Exactly. So you know, like like say so, and then you can turn that on people that are listening and go, whatever you're doing today, yeah, there is a risk to that, right? Or there is there's some benefit at the end. Mm. Or if you are thinking about doing something today. But you're not sure, or bec- or you're not, you're concerned by what if. Well, forget what if and try, because it'll either happen or it won't happen. But you'll always, if you don't do it, you'll always have the what if. Yeah, no, you're right, and it's one of those things where if you don't wake up when you wake up in the morning, getting out of bed is the biggest risk. Yeah. yeah. Whether you look at it like that, because you you then expose yourself to the world. But I mean, talking about getting out and exposing yourself to the world. What is the risk that you see in the future of this being, not risk maybe, but the excitement of this being more than one B-Road and this being part of the brand that you're building? Um, I mean, God, if we, the, the, and you know, that is part of the vision, right, to have more, this is the, the hopefully the start of many. Yeah. Um, but he, the excitement of that is, that means that at some point I might be able to travel round and visit two or three of these. Yeah. And that will become, I mean, what a great job to have, right? Brilliant. Or I'll be sitting on a beach somewhere with a mojito. <laughs> My time, yeah. Zooming in and going, oh, what's happening today? Oh, yeah, yeah, we got so and so. All right, okay, brilliant. Keep me in the loop, right? You know, um, they're great, right? They're the, that would be lovely if it comes off, right? Right. But equally, I'd be quite happy if I'm here in five years' time, still meeting customers, 
meeting new people, and new people coming in the door and going, oh my God, I wish I'd known about this earlier, right? Yeah. There can't be a greater compliment. You know, the flooring guys were like, oh, we've not known about you. I mean, be, I, and that's the crazy thing, right? I, I, Rog, live and breathe B-Road Hunting Club, right? Yeah. So we don't, like, we, in some respects, we're in our own little nucleus, right? But we were at Silverstone on Monday, um, and I, we were talking to people, and they've never heard of B-Road. But yeah. now, they've heard of us, and now they want to, oh, that'd be really good, could we do something down there when you're open? You know, it's that we, oh, our tentacles are forever spreading, yeah. right? So it has to get bigger. I've spoke to contractors that have, you know, that aren't in this local area. They're like, oh, can you not build one of them near us? You know, in Scotland. I'm like, yeah. well, yeah, we could. Maybe that's where we look next. You know, I don't know where we'll look next. You know, I'm not... You're not going to get um, that far ahead of yourself. But. No, I don't want to get that far ahead. But when you talk to people and they're like, that sounds a great idea, you know. Um, yeah, I wish you the best of luck. And they're great compliments, right? They're the... They're the compliments that you hear every now and again or once or twice a week that you think, well, what we're doing then is we're doing the right thing. Yeah. It answers, it ticks that what if question, right? It's those little nudges that kind of give you the motivation, give you the... But they're the yeah, exactly. They're the little bits that, yeah. you know, and you must be the same every time you get a new subscriber to the podcast, right? Mm. You're like, somebody else has liked it. Um, Kev, the floor that's just left is like, oh, send me the details for the Ignition podcast. I want to catch up on... Yeah. Like so, he's really interested because he's built it. He's part. He's part, he's part of this. Yeah. So he wants. So he's really interested in. You know, we've had a snippet and we've had a cup of tea and a chat about it today. But he's really interested in what it's all about. Mm. So wants to watch part one and part two and then listen to part three. And now he'd be happy because he's had a mention. <laughs> Kev the floor, get in touch. I'll send his number. Um, yeah. You know, he. It's those bits that then spur you on to keep going, right? You know, yeah. and we all have down days. Hate we like that's just the, the nature of the beast, right? I probably have far less than most, um, but you know, you nice, just have yeah. to get up, dust yourself off, and get on with it. And that's, I guess, in a weird way, the biggest risk is is, is exposing yourself to other people, is to be vulnerable enough to share yeah, your journey care, with careful, them. Careful, careful how you word that. <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe not exposing yourself but um, yeah you know what I mean like, I know what you mean being like, vulnerable. you put yourself out there right yeah. you put yourself out there you have done it I've done it Roger's done it you know other people that, that there are too many to mention have put themselves out there you are now saying look at me I am taking a risk or I am doing something that I feel passionate about Um. But, you know, f come on the journey with me or don't. Yeah. But I guess you become, are you quite hardened to the fact? Like some people might not like what you do, right? And some people don't like what I do. I'd say that's, that in some ways is harder to deal with than, well, it's obviously it's harder to deal with, but I, I after five years, have sort of like, it's water off a duck's back now for yeah. me. I'm not bothered. It doesn't bother. If you don't like what I do, I'm not bothered. That's for you. And that sounds very arrogant, but I genuinely, if you're not interested, why would I? Why would I even waste time worrying about it? Well, that's where, where does confidence become arrogance? That's that's the thing I'm interested in. I've been thinking about for quite a while actually. Is when does what I'm doing and the confidence I have in myself become arrogance? And where's I, the line? I, 
it's a, it, I mean, it's a great question, and I, you know, um, it, it could be at any stage, right? You, I'm a confident person, but I don't ram it down people's throats. Mm. Like, um, I, I think every soldier has it, can exude, you know, it, it's just, I can spot a soldier from, in a crowd of a hundred. And that's not because of that's more body language and the way he holds himself, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's it's the world over. People say it all the time. They can Ranger, spot yeah. somebody in the forces, somebody in the police. It's just because of the way that they carry themselves, yeah. right? They're but they're not arrogant with it. They're just confident in their own. That's just them. That's the, but they're put. They're built up to be like that, right? Stand up straight, you know. Yeah. Walk tall, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know. When you're, I know, I'm going to sound arrogant now, but you like we, Rog and I know we what we do, we're good at, right? We've proved that we're that the fact that we're still here after five years when yeah. shows that we there is something about us, right? And shows that the brand and what we do, but I don't need to say, I don't need to say that to say it. I don't, so if I say it, it makes me arrogant. If I don't say it, it makes me confident because I'm confident in what we've created. Yeah, there's a, there's an expression that goes, um, show people what to do and use words if you have to. Yeah. And it's like saying that your action should be enough to carry you forward. Yeah, exactly. Without having to speak on it. Yeah, and I and again, I think that you know what you're saying. That's a great you know, leading by example, I mentioned it earlier, right? We lead by example. Rog and I both lead by example. In, in what, when we've got staff here and we're working, we lead by example. And, you know, we, I'm not going to go into it, but we've touched on it many times yeah. on how and why. And So, yeah. I. However, sometimes I think you do need to be a bit arrogant. Sometimes there is a place for it, right? Yeah. And it's weird, I guess it's the place where everyone else is arrogant. That you're arrogant, so it's not. I guess it's not a um, quote-unquote pissing contest, but it is a sort of if you want to be if you want to be the light shone on you in a room full of people with light shone on them, yours has got to be a bit brighter. Yes, but there's there's a balance yeah. without you because ultimately, if you are too arrogant, nobody will talk to you. Be right. Like, fucking that idiot over there. It's fucking you know, he's really arrogant. Don't, you know, there is a there's a way that you can do it yeah. without it without it coming across right you know it's like it's a trust isn't it it's a trust in your yourself and that's a that's an interesting point to talk about it's the trust you have in rog as a partner and the trust you have in mark as a, as a backer to make this work and it that's the thing i want to talk to you about as well is is how do you trust these people i know you obviously it's been five plus years knowing them but what is it for you that when you see someone and you have a conversation with someone that the lead you to trust them and lead you in not to trust them because it's your baby. Yeah. That comes down to open, honest conversation. Yeah. Look, that's all that there is, there, there are no, there's no hidden secrets. There's no, you have to be honest and open with people. So if you don't like something or you don't like the way they're doing something, you need to tell them. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That, you know, that is very much learned from my time in the armed forces. Right we all got on really, really well and sometimes didn't get on really, really well. However, 
rather than bottling it up, it was bought out in the open. It was bought out in, you know, if you were in a meeting and somebody said they wanted to do something and you thought it was a bad idea, you would stand there and you would have to have some conviction to say, no, I think that's a bad idea and this is the reason why. Mm. You can then, once it's out there and it's an open, honest discussion, you can discuss it properly and you always come to a common ground, right? You will always find common ground. But if you're not, if you're not honest or you deviate from, or not so much deviate from the truth, but you, you're not... Step on eggshells. Well, you step on eggshells, you don't have the facts or, you know, there's no point saying, oh, I don't like that. Well, why don't you like it? Reasoning. Yeah. Like, justify why you don't like it. No, like, I'm not, I'm not, if somebody doesn't like, because I'm a little bit out the box thinking, right, as we all know, um... <laughs> we can talk about that. <laughs> we can talk about that for ages. However, some people don't like out of the box thinking, right? They're scared. It's change, isn't it? Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that. No. But I would say B Road started because we were out the box thinkers, right? We can't. You can't take that away from us now. You can't. Um, we need to continue to be out the box thinkers, right? Yeah. Um, but not too far out the box that it goes, you go, because you can go too far the other way where you're like, well, you're just doing it now for effect. It doesn't make any sense. You know, yeah. like I, the example I use now, or I will use today is when Rog and I created the color palette for B Red Hunting Club, nobody was using Fuchsia Pink. Yeah. So, because, but and I don't know why, because I think it's a great colour. But nobody was using fuchsia pink. Um, we looked at white, black, and red. Loads of companies using that. We looked at white, black, and yellow. We looked, you know, we every, and I just sort of said, "What about pink? What about fuchsia pink?" And he's like, "Well, yeah, yeah, but in what sense?" And like, obviously, Monty is now, you know, um, it's actually not white. It's grey, right? And the reason it's grey is because that's Roger's surname, and the reason it's got glasses is because of me. They are that's basically the two areas. So it's not grey; it's a light grey white. That's what the cut, you know, it's like a homage inside the pub to Rog because everything's painted grey. <laughs> but however, um, but then we use pink, right? Now I see fuchsia pink in every logo I see. And it might not have been, it's certainly not because of B-Road, right? That's not what I'm saying. Wait, what I'm saying, it's, it, it was, I guess, a, it, was a, it was a coming of age for that, that colour as an accent colour in logos. And maybe for us within the car community and what we did, it, we were maybe one of the first mm. to use it. And then it's, but we can't go, that's stuck now. Um. I mean, there's a couple of occasions that I've looked to change it to different colours and it just doesn't work. Also, you lose the identity that you've built. Um, yeah, I think, well, I I think you do to a, a certain extent. I would say that the, the, the our identity is the stag. It doesn't need to be in a round circle. No. Because I create a clothing range without a circle for our customers who asked could I have that but slightly subdued so hence why we had black on black and white on white and grey on grey but just the stag no circle yeah you know and it was called the subdued line right and yeah we'll continue to do that but that's not 
I mean, now we're getting very deep into the whole colour and branding, branding and, marketing. Yeah, no, no, exactly, and that's a that's a whole different conversation, right? But I guess because we talk about trust, risk, right? They're things that I approached Rog at the time and said, "Look, I want to do this logo. I want to do our logo, but out of the circle. But I want to do it colour on colour." Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, do, do we think that's the right way to go? Well, yeah, I do. Well, let's try it, right? So it's trusting each other to, to so try new trust, things. Trusting to find new things and a risk that we could invest a couple of hundred pounds, which we didn't, in some respects, didn't have at the time, for it maybe not to work. Yeah. So there, so that's risk in its very in a smaller environment to buying a pub and doing the floor in a much bigger. It's the same. It's just scaled up, right? Yeah. And there's one last thing I guess I wanted to talk about. It's not just the trust you have in each other, but the trust you have in your customers, like you said at the beginning, to show up in the first place and the trust you have that they'll come in and use the pub in a in the right way. If that makes, not in the right way, because there's a right way for everything, but the way you, in, not the way you intend it, but I guess the way I'm saying you is... You mean from a, they're not going to ruin our reputation? Yeah, or, but I mean, it sounds like you trust them enough to do not to do it anyway. No, I do. And I... Because it, it's a, it's a, that is a risk in itself. Invite a bunch of car nuts... To no, a building. It, no, it is, and I think it's a great it's a great sort of segue that, um, l- like, if you you can come here, you everybody's welcome, and, and we've said it before: two wheels, four wheels, diesel, petrol, motorbike. I don't care. If electric. You, electric. <laughs> I don't mind if you push your car in. Yeah, fair enough. It doesn't. It really doesn't bother. It 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 doesn't. What you bring doesn't bother me. How you respect our space yeah. is what you're talking about. I guess about. that's what I'm talking about, yeah. And it's been well documented that we do not te- we have a zero tolerance policy and that won't change. That doesn't change because we're here. It's that's that's it. And I, like and we and we stand and we both stand by that. Um in fact we all stand by that. And I'm a I'm a great believer in you have to be true to your convictions, right? Mm. So, if you ruin the space for yourself, you only have yourself to blame. Yeah. But that's it. You will not be welcome back. You will get a lifetime ban. You only get one chance. When you blow that chance, that's it. It's gone. Um, and we've done it on occasions. And we've probably done it three times in the four years, maybe, that we've done it. People don't do it anymore because they know that we're not yeah. messing around. Um I genuinely believe that genuine car lovers, car enthusiasts want a space like this in this area. Yeah. And they will not want to ruin it for themselves. And that's a nice place to talk about culture. And I think that's what we should talk about next time as well. No, and, mate, mate, absolutely. T- and for the people listening and watching, what is in a month's time, what do you see happening? What is the, hopefully the, the plan for a month's time and where do you see the pub being then? Well, hopefully when you're, in a month's time, we'll be able to have, I guess, film this podcast in the bar in something that's 90% decorated. It might even have beer pumps on the back wow. of the bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, if not, I mean, genuinely, I don't think it will be open, open. Yep. But I think it will be, if we're at 85% this month, whereas we were at maybe... 15% the first month. Yeah, 85%. so I, like, 
we were def- in a month's time. I'd like to think that we're ninety five percent there, right? Uh, we've got staff now starting in the next couple of weeks, um, or key personnel, shall we say? Yeah. Um, so they're starting. Um, so that will ease a little bit of a burden on the work that Rog and I have to do collectively. Mm. Um, the work for like the workmen or the workforce, the guys that have done like the real hard grafty bits. Yeah. The chances are they'll be gone. So we will be back to collecting stuff from storage, hanging stuff on walls, finalising menus, finalising, you know, like the way the bars set out and all that, you know, all that really, uh, like for me, that's the really exciting, that's the meat of this project, right? Yeah. Like the stuff we're doing now lays the foundations. The next bit basically is the meat of it. And then the bit after that is the customers coming. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so hopefully, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, I, I am hopeful but confident that when we build it, they will come. Fantastic. I think we'll leave it there. Again, uh, Ed, I know you're busy, so thank you for this. It's been no a, worries, mate. It's been a pleasure to catch up again. Again. <laughs> Twice in one week, Gary. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that this is... Uh, but the other one, we'll digress. That's for a... That's for a different day. That's for a different day. Cool. All right. Nice one. Cheers, Perfect. man. Listen to Ed speak openly about his opinions on trust and truth. It's refreshing. You don't usually hear such raw conversation. And we rarely get to experience it. And I'm so excited to see that the pub is almost done. It will surely be a success and I can't wait to have a place in Kent that scratches that itch all car enthusiasts have. A place to call our community. If you enjoyed this, two other episodes are out on the pod already. Go through iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. Please have a look for B-Road Hunting Club, Building Dreams and watch them unfold. So with that being said, I'm Harry and this is the Ignition Podcast. Thank you for listening.